microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the the daring duo, Derek and Mike. And joining us, you might know her from small little independent film called Clerks. Uh, of course, she's part of this four hour, five week run we've been doing of folks from the movie Rogue Warrior Robot Fighter, which had... Tracy Birdsall, uh, who we interviewed what, five weeks ago, and then something like that, <laughs> and then Neil Johnson, the director, three weeks ago or two weeks ago, William Kircher last week, and then this week we have Marilyn Gigliotti. You got it, and, and I and I almost butchered it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, why. Stop and think there for a minute. There, there, there was that pause of okay, are, are the gears grinding to a halt? Um, how's everyone doing? Good. Good. Thanks. How are you? Long day. I got, (laughs) I got family coming as my daughter puts it in 12 days and (laughs) almost had that, the the room they're going to be staying in almost ready. Still got a few more days of work yet to do in there. Why? It's like, what's involved in getting a room ready? Um, clearing out a bunch of junk that I've been collecting in there. You mean the storage room? <laughs> Almost. Except for when guests are present, then it's like half storage. <laughs> so um, let's start off, since we've been on the, the Rogue Warrior kick and a little, and, and of course Tracy started us with promoting Evolution War as well, until Neil said, uh-huh. I love to tell you, but I can't talk about it. Love to tell you, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> um, let's let's start off with a little rogue warrior, robot warrior, or okay. robot fighter. Um, How did you get involved in that project? Um, well, Neil and I have history as far as um, movies uh, since 2010. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, I've done this. Rogue Warrior was the third film that I've done with Neil. Um, my first one with him was Alien Armageddon, and the second one was um, I always I always forget the name. It's like it, I have it, and then it just kind of splits <laughs> right out of my head. Um, um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up because uh, Starship Rising. Rising. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is it. Um, and so he basically called me up um, to let me know that uh, he wanted me to work on this one again with Tracy. Uh, he basically told me that they were going to originally have a robot doing that character, but mm-hmm. then decided it needed a little human effect to it. And so that's when uh, he had me do it. Uh, and we went off over to the Mojave Desert to shoot this scene on a cliff that uh, – I didn't want to get too close to um, <laughs> at the edge of, to, but I, I was. It was nice the fact that we were actually on our stomachs, laying down. You know, basically uh, making as a shooting gallery. Uh, and uh, I really, I love that scene that we have together. Um, it is. It's definitely one of my favorite scenes that 
I've done in a lot of my films. I was going to say, I, that scene really stuck out to me because even though y'all aren't sisters, it feels like you guys are sisters mm. uh-huh. a little bit during that scene. So I, 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 I enjoyed that with that particular scene. I mean, it Thank definitely you. helped set a tone for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, and that's basically it. it. It really does kind of set up what she has to do for the rest of the film. So since your character is the same in uh, Starship Rising as it is in Rogue Warrior, is Rogue Warrior a sequel to Starship Rising? Did he ever say, yeah. or is it? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> We never asked that question. I think, well, I think I think he had kind of inferred that it was, and that Evolution War was going to be like part three, kind of. You know, it, it's the way that I kind of take it is kind of like Clerks view askew, the view askew universe, right? Where they all kind of tie in in some way, but they're all separate on their own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's Makes kind sense. of more along the lines of what Neil was saying. So that, not like a direct, how, direct sequel, kinda, but yeah, that's how it kind of taken in my my head, in my brain. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I think I was almost going that same direction with Neil about asking him about if it was similar to really Scott, where Blade Runner is in the same universe as Prometheus and Alien, and eventually right. all tied together. Right. But not, but not directly. But not directly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, what can you tell us, if you can, about Evolution War? <laughs> From from your point of view, um, again, uh, or like Neil said, not much to <laughs> say. But also, I, I I really don't have a lot of information myself, other than what I had to to go by for my scenes. Um, where and it's list this I can say it's listed. I'm a medbot. Um, <clears throat> so as in, <clears throat> excuse me, Rogue Warrior. You know, there's this little sphere that uh, Tracy's characters talks to. Um, I'm kind of I think I'm kind of going to be the same thing. Oh, that's cool. Interesting. Um, Hmm. But yeah, there's some there's some nice surprises, though, as well uh, in the film. It's the best I can say and all I can say. (laughs) I know. But again, (laughs) I I just I don't know much of of the whole story on it on its own. I know we can't wait, especially after hearing from (laughs) from everyone about the film that can be told. Uh, I think I think Tracy might have told us the most information, um, (laughs) but led more to to time war as well that they're right wanting to pitch um i will say derek and i both have copies nice and, and we have been watching <laughs> i should have grabbed mine <laughs> i did that Mine's in the you. other room i did that to you last week too yeah <laughs> well i should have thought of it i'm like hey you know what why don't i grab it it's it's in with the tv so <laughs> um well, well i mean you know as far as like on imdb uh what it does say about Evolution War is that upon returning from a devastating war, a disgraced war criminal is, is forced to raise an army of machines to battle mysterious creatures taking over the Earth. <laughs> so, so, it, it's, it's, it's Neil's sci-fi that I absolutely love. Uh, I do, too. I really do. And, and I feel that Rogue Warrior was by far, out of what I've seen of his work, the best. Yeah. Well, we, we mentioned over on our Star Wars show that we would love to see Neil do a standalone film in the Star Wars franchise. I think he could pull it off. And, and I think 
that's one of the things that Star Wars is kind of needing is something that's a little bit, you know, we, we got the Western a little bit with Han Solo or with the Solo movie. Um, right. Now we've had the traditional, sci- well, not traditional. We had the, the sci-fi fantasy meets Japanese stylings with all the films. Um, there just hasn't been true sci-fi. And I would love to see him tackle a, a true sci-fi aspect. Mm-hmm. I, you know, well, and, and, well, you know, we've all heard the news that's recently that Solo kind of might have killed the rest of the standalones. But, but as someone put it today at one of my filmmaker group uh, meetings, it wasn't so much Solo that did it, but the franchise itself and, and how, and all the, the problems that they had making Solo. Yeah. Because mm. honestly, personally, I liked it. I don't know why there are so many people yeah. who have an issue with it. And I, I felt that the, the, the actor who, who did Solo did him proud. Well, yeah, I, I felt the same way. I really enjoyed it. I think a lot of the criticism is coming from people who haven't seen the film and won't. <laughs> because there's still mm-hmm. there's still a lot of angst over the last Jedi, and apparently the last Jedi is the catalyst for a lot of what's going on currently, mm-hmm. uh, which I I think is silly too. Because while yeah. Last Jedi was not one of my top favorite Star Wars films, and yes, <laughs> as as we always, as I've always been saying, I could criticize it left and right. <laughs> I still I still love the film because it's Star Wars, and it's I I on the other hand did. The Last Jedi is one of my favorite films, so I'll put that out there. <laughs> I I have a hard time picking picking a favorite of anything, so I'm I, you know I'm not going to kind of pick and choose and stuff like that. But um, and for me to not like a film takes a lot. Mm. Um, I have my different levels of liking and loving, um, so I generally don't really hate a lot of movies. Um, but but just just like you know when the prequels did happen for Star Wars, not a lot of people fell in love with all those prequels. Uh, True. So, yep. you know, I, I, I think we kind of have to look at it as like, you know, not all of them are going to have that level of, oh my God, you know, especially the way the first three had. Uh, right. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think sometimes people can get a little too judgmental on the films. <laughs> <laughs> But I enjoyed it, and I, I I certainly hope because I know that Boba Fett movie was supposed to be in the works, and I hope that it still happens. As far so. as we know, it is. But yeah, yeah. As as far as we know, nothing official has come from Disney or Lucasfilm saying uh, that everything's been put on hold. Right, right. It's just everyone's focused on um, let's just get Episode Nine out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. So we'll do it. Let's deal with that. That's the next movie. Let's deal with that one first. And then we'll, you know. I think that's to to have that. It's like, okay, we've done everything December, December, December. Now May gives them 18 months to really sit down and figure out how to make the last film, quote unquote, in in the episodics, uh-huh. a a major splash. They they've got time to 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 mm-hmm. not rush and, and right and put and put more time into it. Right, and and who knows? I mean, maybe Solo was rushed in a way, or maybe they just I don't know. It's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what it is that they did right. wrong initially, I, because 
the, the rumors we kept hearing was that uh, the original team behind it was trying to give it a Ace Ventura feel. And it's like, yeah. eh, that's not solo. Mm. Right, his, right. His, that, his, that. his comedy comes, it's, he doesn't realize he's doing it. Right. And it comes, uh, I guess the best way I could just, for me to describe it right now, Han Solo is almost the Rocky Horror Picture Show of Star Wars. Yeah, audience participation just happens. His, his comedy just happens. It's not planned. Well, well right, because he's totally serious. I mean, and, and comedy to be effective has to be done seriously. And so that's why it becomes funny because he is very serious as to what he is doing, what he's saying and, and everything that comes with it. And so maybe that's why they came. They, you know, they felt that maybe I don't know. But but I, I think they initially because there were so many issues with the directors in the first part there, that was probably where they went wrong. Possibly. And I think it probably went longer than it should have. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So. But, but you know, I, I just, I wish the studios would kind of realize Neil Johnson already. Um, you know, because what he can do with the budget that's he, that he's had, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I, I think the way he said up his shots and yeah. and and the the feel behind it is is definitely the the type of sci-fi um at least I'm not going to speak for Derek, but for myself, the type of sci-fi that we that I read as a kid, uh-huh. and, and a lot of the sci-fi, but like the the way he envisions uh, some of his vehicles reminds me of some of the the books I used to go hunt for in the library of all uh-huh. these abstract spaceships, and, and I just remember these books of nothing but artwork of different artist renderings of different spaceships, be it like cruise ships or or battleships or whatever. I, I kind of see a lot of that with Neil with with some uh-huh. of his vision and I and I love the you know his writings being very similar to a a Jules Verne or Ray Bradbury or stuff like that um with the more traditional sci-fi as we know it. Well the other the other thing I like about Neil and um and you could probably you could probably tell us a little about this too um, and we've heard from like Tracy and everything is that he's very he's very dedicated to his movies and his stories, um, even to the point where he pushes some of some of you guys, some of the actors and stuff uh, as far as you can go with some things sometimes. Not in a bad way, but no, no, yeah, no, he does. You know, I, I, Neil is very much the actor's director. Mm. Um, but you know, it's like sometimes there are directors that know how to communicate to the actor, but you know, technically maybe not, you know, not so much. Um, and then there's the reverse as well. But Neil knows on both counts um, because he 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 gets in there. You know, he does all the the post production as well. So he kind of knows that aspect and he has the vision before he even gets to the scene and, and just really knows how to communicate what it is that he's looking for and wanting. Um, as far as pushing, it's like I've not really had anything that, that has had um, anything very physical um, because the first film that I, I did was Alien Armageddon. I was basically on a table <laughs> faking pregnancy. Um, of not babies. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, my, my child birthing experience came into play there, um, even though <laughs> I had a C-section. Um, <laughs> 
And then for <clears throat> Starship Rising, it was all green screen. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so it was all green screen, um, nothing physical to do there much either. And then for for Rogue Warrior, laying down and shooting imaginary uh, <laughs> robots. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing very physical on my end. Um, it's just, you know, making sure I know those lines um, and and delivering the lines that I feel like I've delivered what I wanted to deliver and then, you know, make adjustments as per what Neil wants as well. Now, I kind of want to go back a little bit. Uh, one of your first films was Clerks. How did you get mm -hmm. involved with Kevin, um, who for me is one of my holy grails to get on the show? Uh, I would love <laughs> to get Kevin here. Um, but what was the like? You know, how did you get involved with Kevin for this project? And uh, I guess we'll take questions down yeah. that, that road afterwards. <laughs> okay. So I was in the middle of one play at a different theater and found out about auditions being held at a theater that I had worked at. And, um, you know, they said a kid is making a movie. He's holding auditions at the first Avenue playhouse. Um, so I, I went, I, I, I wanted to go see if I can take it to the next level, um, and see what it would be like, you know, working on a film. And so we had to have a monologue paired. And when I got there, there were quite a few people there, but quite a, the, quite a few of those people actually weren't auditioning. They were just kind of there watching, uh, <laughs> the auditions and what was going on and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, I don't remember everything that happened that evening because it was 25 years ago already. <laughs> um, but I did my audition piece as up on the stage. And when I was done, I left and I will say that I, I wasn't completely happy with what I had done because it felt a little forced to me. Um, I, I didn't come from, you know, an organic place that I wanted to get to because it was an emotional piece and something that I personally have felt. Um, and you know, if anybody's interested, it is on the third on the 10th anniversary DVD. Um, but Kevin did call me. I don't know quite how long after the auditions. And asked me to go down to the convenience store, meet up with him, get the script, take it with me, read it, see if I was comfortable with the dialogue. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was reading it and I was laughing. I enjoyed it. Uh, so I definitely told him, yeah, I definitely want to be involved. Um, then he was holding auditions for his Dante and he asked me to go out to those auditions, you know, in case he needed me to read opposite uh, whoever they were casting for Dante or the possibilities. And that's when I saw that Brian was there and Brian and I have history because we've actually worked on the theater stage together. Um, but it, I, I was happy to see that he was there. And so basically, yeah, kind of the rest is history on that. Okay. So what were, oh, here, here's a guy doing essentially his first film. Um, and as he puts it, still working in the convenience store that it's being <laughs> shot at. What was it like um, being on set with such a, a green director at that time? Well, you know what, though? I The way that I always explain it, we were all in the same boat. Because even though Brian and I had stage experience, we didn't have film experience. So that's what I mean by we were all in the same boat. We were all, you know, just kind of figuring it out um, right. and experiencing it together. So to, to me, uh, I didn't think about it in that respect. 
expect. And I, I didn't I, I don't think that thought even came into my mind, to be honest. Um, he seemed to have a handle as to what he wanted and, 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 and be able to talk to us and explain to us and, and what he was looking for. And, you know, and the un the, the thing that doesn't normally happen, we had rehearsals. <laughs> 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 um, prior, I mean, you know, not a blocking rehearsal or, you know, camera rehearsal or anything like that, but, but we were meeting for a couple of weeks before we started shooting just to kind of go over the lines and, and, and things like that. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Definitely different. D- yes. I mean, it's very, very rare that you get a rehearsal process before a, a film starts out here. Um, there's table reads for, um, you know, TV shows, but for the main cast, not necessarily for, you know, the under five actors or, you know, if you just got one or two lines, um, it, you know, blocking for the camera is basically your rehearsal. Okay. Now, after the film wrapped, did, did you guys figure it was going to be the, the cult, cult um, have the cult following that it that it did or did that catch you by surprise? I, I I don't think anybody can really know what's what kind of effect a movie's going to have and whether it's going to do well. And I always say, unless you're Star Wars or Marvel, but now Star Wars and even then, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know DC um, can't say that. <laughs> Unless it's Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it it was definitely a nice surprise. Um, But I got to say, it's nerve-wracking as well. Um, Because I just remember when we were at Sundance and Brian and I are – you know, kind of out at the uh, at, at the party that they had while Kevin is with everybody else doing the negotiations with the um, Miramax. And, you know, once they came back and told us the news and we just couldn't fall asleep the rest of the night, you know, for maybe a couple <laughs> of weeks. <laughs> so and but, you know, even at that point, once it gets picked up, I will say, though, it's like I had fear in, in, in my head, though. It's like, oh, my God, you know, this can have a huge effect on my career. There was the excitement and then there was the fear as well um, because of losing anonymity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, losing anonymity. Um, you know, how will it affect it? Will it affect it at all? Um and it was a long process because once then that Miramax started having those premieres and it started gaining momentum, um, you know, we most of us really didn't know what to do. Um, the nice thing is that Kevin was given people to handle him and to handle his PR and all that kind of stuff. And, and us, the actors, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants, not knowing what to do, how to be able to uh, build on this. And, and, you know, hindsight now, it's like, and, and I was just talking about this the other day with someone, it's like, had we known collectively, you know, Jeff, Lisa, Brian, myself, that we could have probably hired a PR person just for ourselves to kind of gain that momentum that would have helped us maybe gotten something further. You know, it would have been nice, but we, we didn't know. We, we just didn't know. Well, yeah, I mean, how could you at that point? You're still young, still fresh. Didn't know the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did, did you sense throughout the film that the, there was kind of a magic to to what you guys were shooting? Um, 
I think it was more about this. Like, did I did I remember my lines? So I remember them. Like, <laughs> get them down. Don't don't screw up. Don't screw up. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's what it was for me, anyway. Um, but but on a side note, the fact that I had history with Brian and 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 it was just comfortable. Um, that was always nice. And and but also kind of enjoying the moment of. Ooh, making my first film, you know, mm. and taking in what was happening and what we were doing. It must have been a little overwhelming at times, though. Um, I, you know, at this point, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get overwhelming still sometimes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> I, as I said, it's like it's it's still it's still kind of surreal to 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 think about that this is what happened this you know that i'm known for this movie but but in the same respect there is still ground that i need to cover still a ladder to climb uh you know i still got a day job i'm not making a living as an actor and that's what i want to be doing and and it's you know it's it's a it's rough um you know but but then you've got oh my god somebody made a film about Kevin and the rest of us uh, shooting clerks. I, you know, I'm sure oh, you've oh, heard yeah, about yeah. shooting clerks. Yep. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, unfortunately not, not screening the film, but they're going to show some clips and we're going to have a Q&A panel. And then oh, on a Friday cool. morning, we'll have a meet and greet. But yeah, on Thursday evening of San Diego Comic-Con at 6.45 in room 6A, uh, we'll be having our panel. So what was it like then being on shooting clerks, seeing someone portraying you? I haven't seen the film yet. I have <laughs> not seen the film. I only saw a clip of one of my scenes where I play Allie Tomlin, the village voice journalist who okay. contacts Kevin. Um, so it's like one of the clips that I saw and I, I and I, you know, I, I do this very easily. It's like I cringe and just really watch whether I'm going to like what I did or not. And I was like, OK, that wasn't bad. <laughs> um, but but I I can't wrap my head or my brain around the fact that there is somebody playing me that fearful of, you know, whether She's getting who I am by probably or hopefully she watched at least some interviews that you can find online of me to catch my essence, I guess you could say. Right. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I have no words, have no words to say how I feel about that right now. <laughs> well, that's got to be pretty surreal. Yeah. I, I almost regret saying this. But the first time I even heard or, or saw the, the script for Clerks done, um, it was a college my brother was attending, and they turned it into a, a stage show. Oh. Really? And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, someone took the stage show and made a movie of it, not realizing <laughs> it was the reverse. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh. They kind of well, it, it, well. I was going to say they kind of did a Rocky Horror Picture Show, but no, because it's like the movie would be playing in the background and they'd be doing it in front. So, so it wasn't. But they they just took it and did it on the stage yeah. completely. Built a built a convenience store, did the rooftop hockey, the whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder who they played residuals to. <laughs> I don't know. That was, that was like ninety. No. That was like ninety five, ninety six. 
Wow. Okay. When it happened. Uh, wow. It, it was it was interesting because I don't think there's a an actual drama that's similar to to what he did. Right. That that I can remember. But I want to say they said it was based on a a, a small independent film that was out there. <laughs> so when I, I finally, when I finally saw Clark, I'm like, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> But not knowing it was it, that the movie had come out first. Right. I but, wonder if they filmed it. I don't know. I'm not sure. If they, <laughs> Maybe it's on YouTube. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I have to ask That'd my brother about that. Yeah. But so what, how's it feel them being one of the um, one of the first people or one of the founders of the VSQ universe? I'm just small potatoes, really. So <laughs> I really am in comparison to many. I mean, you know, because from thereafter, it, you know, in the second film was Mallrats. The third one was Chasing Amy. And still in those two, they used some names, but they used some up and coming names. Mm, right. Right. Yeah. So it's like a lot of them kind of did go on to do other things, become bigger and all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I just feel it's a shame that those of us in the original haven't been able to kind of catapult ourselves a, a, a little bit further. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you exactly what happened. What I can say, though, is this. Um, when they were casting for Mallrats, um, I do know that Brian and myself did get to audition for Mallrats. I don't recall what role Brian was auditioning for exactly. I don't remember what, ro- what role I was auditioning for, but I do remember that when I went into audition, it was in the city. Basically, it's my first major casting audition. Um, and when I went into the room, I don't even remember who was casting it, but I went into the room and I said, hi, I'm Marilyn Gigliotti and I'm auditioning for the role of whatever it was. But I just remember the casting director having a confused look on her face then looking over at Scott and Kevin, and then looking back at me. And I just remember in my head going, oh, shit, what's happening? What's going on? And here I am. I'm about to do this major audition, which I probably screwed up because I was wondering what was going on. Mm. And, you know, as most actors have stamped, I want this (laughs) (laughs) across their forehead. (laughs) Um, So... I, I think that really hurt me. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't know. At that time, I couldn't come out to California. And, and honestly, I never had aspirations at that point to come out to California. Now, of course, obviously, if I had a job that came that brought me out of California, of course, I would do it. But as far as moving to California, I had no aspirations, but also I had commitments like a young, do- young daughter that I was not going to kind of pick up and leave. Right. Um, it wasn't until about four years later that uh, this one company uh, out in New York does casting director workshops. As a group, they came out to California to meet other casting directors here and do uh, um, workshops with casting directors here in California. And that's when I kind of got my taste of the weather uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how really nice it was out here. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can move out here. <laughs> and, and my daughter at the time was like, she was, she was just about to turn 15 
Um, and I said to her, I, I basically asked her whether she wanted to come out here or not with me, because at that age, I, I myself, from the time that I started school to the time that I graduated, I went to seven different schools. She had oh, gone wow. to the same school district since since she started, had her friends, and I knew what it was like starting over several times. Um, yeah, I can and relate. I, you know, yeah, I, I had a support system. It's like that, you know, besides her father, that she can stay with uh, so that she could stay in the same school district and, and all that. So, and, you know, 14, 15 year olds, it's all about their friends, not about mom and dad. No, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I would have loved for her to come have come out here with me, but uh, you know, of course, she chose her friends. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if coming out here four years after the fact at that point, yeah, a lot of casting directors knew who I were was, but you know, wasn't really getting me through the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it it was you know starting over completely, like I hadn't done nothing. Well, I will say, as someone who moved around a lot and had 13 different street addresses by the time I graduated Mm -hmm. high school, I applaud you for keeping your daughter in one spot. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's something I'm working on with my daughter right now. We're going into third grade. She'll turn (laughs) nine in November, and we've moved schools on her because we Uh didn't like where she started. Uh, Uh Kindergarten was okay. First grade was a little rough, but the school she's at now, I'm absolutely ecstatic for, but we're still in the same school district, so we didn't move districts. Uh, and, okay. and I'm quite happy with that, that we've been able to, her nine years in her life, we're in the same spot. By this yeah, point, see, I've already, I had already getting ready to move to my third. <laughs> well, no, I was on my second move. It would be after third grade. I was getting ready for my third move. Yeah, I myself, gosh, I'm trying to think here. I don't think I ever finished a school year in one place until I got to junior high school when we moved to Jersey. And then that, that was where I was from, from ninth grade on to 12th. Uh, but otherwise, it, you know, I felt like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. When, cause at one point my parents moved to Puerto Rico, um, that's where they're from. And so I was there for seventh and eighth grade. So that was the one place that I actually had two, <laughs> two grades that I did fully. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, probably at elementary school as well. Like, I, I think after I left third grade at the school I was at, it was, I don't think I started, finished a school year or in the same school that I started in until I hit sophomore year of high school. Yeah. And my daughter to this day still has quite a group of the friends that she's had since elementary school. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. It really is. And I just remember going to her graduation and, um, you know, she's got everybody writing in her book and all this kind of stuff. And I just got all weepy and I'm like, see, that's why I, I gave her the choice, you know, <laughs> to, to stay because she has all these friends that I don't have, you know, from from school, you know. Well, not not a lot of mothers would be able to make that choice or make it was hard. You know. I, and, and I will say that there are some people in my family that don't understand that, but they think yeah. it was easy for me that it still is. But it's not. Yeah, it, it's it, it is hard moving around a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with with the clerks cast, do you guys still talk? Is, is there a, or are there just certain certain crew, um, company members that you you chat with? Yeah, I, I keep in touch. Yeah, <clears throat> I keep in touch 
with Brian, who played Dante, Scott, who played the Chili's Gum guy, and Ernie O'Donnell, who played the gym muscle guy. Okay. Um, you know, uh, those are the guys that I, if we're not at conventions together, we still chat back and forth and you know, pick their brain for whatever reason, or if we need help for so- with something, we get in touch with each other. Um, you know, good. yeah, I mean, and... Obviously, you know, Kevin and Jay, they are, you know, part of the family, as I say. But it's not like I have them on my cell phone contact list or anything like that. If I ha- if I need to get a hold of Kevin, I, I touch base with um, Jay's wife, who's Kevin's assistant. Um, so, you know, and that's that's where I kind of do things. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's been a year since we lost Lisa. So... That's always yeah. hard to think about. Mm, yeah. So did you did you reach out to Kevin at all when he had his heart attack or I reached out to Jordan to to find out yeah how he was and and how everything was going and, and things like that. Yes. Mm. Now he's been teasing Clerks Three. Are you trying to get in on that? Or oh, have you well, heard that... anything about him bringing any of the original cast back for that? Clerks Three is dead in the water for at least a couple years now. Um that was the last I had heard. Yeah, yeah it, it's completely dead. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Was I supposed to be in it? Yes. So, yeah, it's a little disheartening there. Um, but, you know, it, it's just that um, one of the actors um, decided not to go ahead and one of the, an important actor. Um, and, I mean, it, it's, it's basically out there that... Uh, Jeff was the one that that decided not to do it, and and basically this I haven't read the script, but the the third film was supposed to be about Randall, all about Randall, and Kevin doesn't feel that replacing Randall is an option, and I don't blame him. And you know I I mean it's not my story to tell. I know a little bit about what what happened and all this kind of stuff. I don't blame Jeff either. Um, there's there's a lot more backstory to whatever goes on out there and whatever is out there. I, I, I to I don't blame him. I wish it could have been fixed, but I don't blame him. Okay. See, I totally missed that it, it got put on the back burner. Mm. So I mean, I, I do follow a lot of the Kevin Smith news, but on, on Twitter. But unfortunately, I got so many people on Twitter. My timeline right. is That's just so yeah. so not there. It's easy to miss the information because yeah. there is so much that goes out and and on your feed, and then with this new algorithms, and you know, where whose whose information do you see or not see? Right. Now, um, I thought I saw somewhere that you also do uh, some makeup artistry for film. Yeah. um, When I decided to get into acting, I actually did work in a salon back in Jersey. And uh, and so when I moved out here to California, um, I went to a beauty supply place where I just happened to notice somebody that looked familiar behind the counter and it just happened to be somebody that I had actually done a uh, dinner theater with as an actor back in Jersey. And so we st- struck back up a friendship even better than we had back in Jersey. And she is a makeup artist out here in the industry. And so basically I, I took what I did know and then kind of expanded on it to be able to work in the industry doing hair and makeup here. Okay. Um, another source of income. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, also another source and another avenue to be able to be on set and work behind the lens and get to know every aspect of behind the scenes as well. Now, do you just do 
the the more like traditional style makeup, or do you get into designing um, prosthet- uh, prosthetics? And prosthetics, and yes. Like what we would like, what a lot of listeners might witness happening on Face Off. Right, not to that extent. Uh-huh. Um, I can't say that I've really worked with prosthetics. Um, I've done a few special effects here and there, but primarily I'm more of, of the beauty element of makeup. Uh-huh. Um, I I have done like the the bullet wound or the scar and the bruising and the nosebleed, and, you know, but not quite so much. And I, but I've also uh, have made guys look like women because that's what they had to look like in the film. Um, <laughs> and mine looked very pretty, I got to say, you know, because they, they were <laughs> nice, <laughs> <were> very nice. <laughs> there are a few of us makeup artists and we each had about two or three um, people to make up. And I had the younger two and yeah, they looked mighty pretty, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like I had to I had to learn how to cover up those eyebrows. And so did you YouTube search how to cover that up? And, you know, whatever I need to learn anything, I go to YouTube. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh that's why i learn a lot of stuff sometimes <laughs> yeah you know it's like as long as you know the basics of 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 your craft and you just need to get a little bit further information on it's easy you know right well it's good it's good to hear that you're still you're still doing things like in the business and still like doing makeup is a pretty cool thing, I think. I mean, well, I mean, I work in a salon. Um, I do freelancing for weddings, hair and makeup. Um, and as far as like on set, I don't really do much on film sets anymore because that take that's like two to three weeks that mm. takes me out of commission to do any kind of auditioning and things like that. So mainly what I'll do are one to three day jobs. Mostly it's like infomercials, commercials, uh, music videos and industrials and things like that. But the new venture is now to and I've been wanting to do this for quite a while is to direct a film. Ah, nice. Yes. So uh, Monday was two weeks that myself and a group of other seven filmmakers, uh, we launched our Indiegogo campaign. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I wrote my first script and I'm going to be directing that. And then one of the other girls wrote a script that she really didn't have anybody attached to direct it. And after reading it, I'm like, I'll do it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we've got about eight shorts, all varying lengths, all standalone, but a common theme between them all. And it's a written letter. Oh, cool. Now, I, mine didn't have a written letter to it um, because I, I kind of came in after the fact because back in January, I had gone to Utah to actually work on a short film doing hair and makeup as well as a character. And while on that short film, it just completely solidified again. Marilyn, you got to be directing. You got to be directing. <laughs> um, so I got back and I was like, I, I just kind of, you know, threw water in the wind and said, sitting down, doing this, put my idea to paper that I've had for a long time um, and started contacting the network of people that I know in the industry and the funny thing is, I was two weeks into that when they contacted me saying that they have these short films that they want to do, want to have a meeting with you. And when I met with them, they said, we've got two what, that we want you to act in, but we want you to come on as producer. And I was like, 
and that they're going to be uh, crowdfunding this. And that was one of the things that held me back for the long time to actually direct because I did not want to do crowdfunding. I didn't want to beg for money. <laughs> I realized I'm going to have to beg for money. <laughs> and um, and and so she's like, send it over to me. Come on board. You know, we'll just add this to the mix. And one of the other filmmakers came up with the idea of how to add a letter into mine, which actually just added to the mystery of my piece, if you will. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, we've launched it. It's a little slow going. You know, right now it's like we, we meet every Thursday trying to figure out how can we get it up there? Uh, what are we going to be doing? We're going to have a mixer next week on the 11th. And, uh, you know, so hopefully that generates a little bit of money. So, yeah, well, we'll see. It's 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 scary, but exciting. Tell you what, why don't you, why don't you give your Indiegogo a plug right now? So um, if you go to Indiegogo, look up a theory of letters and it'll give the explanation. Um, you can also go to friends who film on Facebook and Instagram and all our information is there as well. Thank Excellent. you. <laughs> Our pleasure. That's why you're. That's why you're here. Is help. We're here to help you plug whatever you need to help plug, like Evolution War, Rogue War. Yeah. Theory of of letters. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited for all of it. You know, um, it, it's so far been a really great year. Knock on wood. I know it's my head. <laughs> that's where I knock most. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I can only hope that it just kind of, you know, goes up from here. Um, uh, but I'm excited for Evolution War to come out because, you know, if if it follows through what Neil has been doing with sci-fi and just gets better and better, it, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, we're looking forward to it yes, as well. Very much so. Now, as you direct, get into directing more and more, any plans of bringing Neil on and turning the tables on him? <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, the, the pieces that we have, there's really nothing to put him in. Um, and then also, because I, main reason for doing the short films, directing first, which is, you know, basically what everybody does when they want to start directing. I do have a feature film that I optioned from someone and I'm like, who's going to give me a million dollars or a reasonable amount close to that to direct a film when they don't know what I can do? A lot of people that I've talked to, they're like, of course you can. They see it, but, you know, the money people, you know, they have to see it first. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole different story when you yeah. when you get to the money part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's awesome though. I hope I hope everything goes well with you for the for directing. Thank you. So, um, what were maybe some of your favorite moments or maybe obscure moments uh, from stuff you've you've done in the past? Since don't want to give away anything that you're you're currently working on or it's about <laughs> to come out. Uh huh. I mean, well, definitely Clerks. I mean, because that was the first project that I've ever done. I mean, and and like there is, there'll never be that experience of you know first time on set again. You know, maybe the first time on set for a particular project, but never will there ever be again first time ever doing this all right so uh, you know that will always be a great memory for me um let's see i i mean i've ha I had some instances with uh, with a lot of the films that i've been on independent films and the fact that um i've been able to show different characters in different ranges and different genres um that's 
something that I am grateful for. Um, but working on sci-fis, there really is a special kind of <laughs> fun with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've worked on horror films as well. And that's, that's a whole different kind of mindset um, because I knew it was going to be difficult, but first time really playing a lead in a short film, a horror film that I did, it was like that fine line of don't get too big, don't get too cheeky, don't get too fake, and, you know, just really be honest about right. what I was doing. Because it can go bad really easy and fast. <laughs> I, I can see where that happens. <laughs> Especially in, like, a horror movie, yeah. 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 You know, the whole, like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of... of uh like genres and stuff do you have a preferred genre you'd like to do as far as directing or are you open to anything yeah i'm kind of open right now because i i honestly i don't know because mm. i haven't really gotten to delve into directing anything like you know when i've been on some short films or independent films and you know and i'm i'm watching and you know trying to keep the mouth shut unless <laughs> i'm asked um, and you see things and you're, you know, and, and at a certain point, the actor becomes the director in the mind, but you, you know, right. you're not directing the film. So you have to, you have to kind of take that step back and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, so, you know, and they've all been different genres. So I, right now I really, I don't know. Um, I mean, my piece is kind of a mystery thriller, suspenseful thriller. Hmm. The, the other piece that the other person wrote is a drama and the, feature that I have, which is not something for theatrical release, it's, I, it's something more for a lifetime hallmark, is heavy drama. Like, <laughs> heavy. Like <laughs> melodrama, kind of? Um, melodramatic? Uh, no, I wouldn't say melodramatic. It's melodramatic to me kind of indicates that it's like people are overreacting. That's that's in my brain. Yeah, yeah. That, that um, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the 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 feature is heavy in the sense that it deals with child molestation and domestic abuse. Ah, I see. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I did a reading for this quite a few years ago, and it just spoke to me, mm. certain experiences in my life. And so... Um, it, I knew that once, if it was available, because the person that, that put up the reading, they were going to produce it, and then things kind of fell through, and I told the writer, it's like, if it becomes available, I want to do it. Um, so it's, but it's been a process, because um, that's something that I definitely need, like, big help with, and it, and again, you know, how am I going to get money for this when I don't have something to kind of show? Right. That's always the hardest part is if if you try to break into fields like that, you have to have something to show or else nobody's going to take a chance on you, whether right. it's acting, directing, writing, anything like that. And right. of the creative fields. Yeah. Uh, and, and putting the the right team as well together. Right. Well, that's that'll be the, the project in the next six months to a year. <laughs> Well, good. I hope it all goes well. Yes. This sounds interesting. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, acting-wise, what's been your favorite genre to to act in? Um, 
Hmm. I, I'm gonna have to say sci-fi. Sci-fi just kind of keeps coming up in in my brain because there's there's just a there's a a funness to that where it kind of stretches you in many ways, but there's like this fantasy to it okay. as well as badassness to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's why. Yeah, I've I've always well, sci-fi has always been my favorite genre because it you can you can have something that's completely fantastical. But then also, like with like with like old Star Trek and Twilight Zone stuff, it covers, it covers, it can cover topics that are that that you would find today. Yeah. But, yeah. but in in like a, a futuristic setting or you know or whatever or so right. it always makes because, it interesting. Yeah, and you can have your comedy and your drama within the yes, sci-fi. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's a good choice. Thank you. I say. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you, TV, do you find it different than what you do with shorts or, or regular films? Yeah. Um, to some degree, yes, and to some degree, no. Um, because when I first moved out here and so that I can get my SAG card, I was doing background work. And so some of the background work was on some of the TV shows, some with live audiences, some not. Um, and that felt more like theater to me. So it was actually kind of nice, mm. especially when it was in front of a, of a live audience. Um, there was like that immediate reaction and, 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 and energy. Um, and with, with film, it's, you know, you gotta, ha you have to kind of keep track in your head as to what is happening because that is never going to be in order. Mm. Yeah, um, right. TV, um, you know, unless it well, Sometimes maybe in order, but sometimes not. But because it's like you have, you, you may only have like this one two page part in this eighty page script for TV or sixty page script, I should say, or, or and less. Um, so the, 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 I mean, it's it's hard to describe those differences for me. But yeah, it's it is it is and it isn't in those different aspects. Okay. Have you ever thought about um, directing a play, maybe? Not really. Um, and it's been a while since I've even done stage production out here because it, it's not as easy to do out here as it was back east because back east they have the mentality of everybody has a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. So they would have rehearsals in the evenings after everybody got out of work and this and that and whatever and whatnot. Out here, it's the industry. So right. so rehearsal takes place when they take place. Mm. Um, so I, I just don't find it as easy to fit into my schedule as I was able to back east. Uh -huh. Do you miss it at all? I do. I do. There, yeah, because there's, there's uh, you know, that immediacy that you get, the energy that, the, you know, whether the audience is liking it or not. Um, and so there is that, that, that I do miss. Um, and the fact that you have two or more weeks of rehearsal <laughs> to be able to have that rehearsal process to ingrain those lines into your head <laughs> <laughs> instead of maybe, you know, <laughs> like a couple of hours. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I mean I do, but it's it's been a while since I've done some stage productions out here, and I think I've only done a handful out here. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, never really, never really struck Hollywood. Never really struck me as a big theater town. <laughs> there, I mean, there's actually a lot of theaters out here. Oh really? Um, hmm. Yeah, there there are. 
Um, I mean, and obviously, you know, there's a, there is our version of the big theater, which is the Pantages Theater um, mm. and um, Pasadena Playhouse. Um, I think there's another one. I can't think of it at the moment. But, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of there's Theater Row over in Hollywood uh, mm. where you've got a lot of your little, you know, smaller theaters as well as up in North Hollywood and things like that. But, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty big. It's just not the same. It's back east. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, forgot where I was going to go. <laughs> sorry, I, just, I got distracted by somebody with a loud bass outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late. Turn it down. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, where are you guys located? I am in the heart of Theme Park Central in Kissimmee, Florida. Okay. I'm about an hour out of Boston. Okay. So, okay. Yes. So on opposite ends of the furthest east east coast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm keeping you guys up late. Oh, no. Ah, I'm on vacation, so it doesn't matter. Oh, nice. Okay. For, for me, like yourself, I, I work in entertainment. Uh, I'm a audio engineer at a local theme park here. So I, oh, I'm, cool. Okay. I'm used to the I'm used to the later hours. Right. <laughs> actually, a actually, local. Okay, the big. Local theme park. <laughs> Local theme park here in town. Does it have ears? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like big round black ears. <laughs> you can narrow it that way because I was going to say right now with Universal, the the big, the, almost the new symbol for them is Harry Potter, and yeah, he's got ears. <laughs> oh, so it's, oh, it's it's the U, it's the U one, not the D one. No, I, I no, it's the D one. Okay. I work for the D one. Okay. <laughs> He said, he said ears. I'm like, well, no, whales don't have ears. <laughs> but, I have yeah, yet but, to go to the to the Harry Potter one over here uh, in 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 California. I've done I've done the one here. Um, when my daughter was two, we did Hogwarts or huh? Hogsmeade before that was before they opened up Diagon Alley. And then uh, a couple years ago, we did Diagon Alley, and it was and uh, my brother knew someone who worked there. Which here I am, the local. I really didn't know him. <laughs> this was a, a friend of his who offered up the tickets. I I never bothered approaching anyone, um, but he got us the the two part pass so we could ride the Hogwarts Express back and forth, which was pretty nice. cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it was last year that I found out that it's two different parks. It's not even all in one park. No, mm-hmm. two different parks here. Yeah. Jeez, get Just, more money out of you. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I think things are nuts here at, at Walt Disney World, especially with Toy Story just opening. Next year we got Galaxy's Edge with Star Wars. Of course, Disneyland's going to have the same thing. Basically, yeah. it's the same footprint. Um, okay. And then... By 2021, we have a Guardians roller coaster opening at Epcot. Um, and then there's some other news, which I'm privy to, but I can't talk about. Ah! <laughs> I hate when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, we uh, just had Pixar open up over here, so I, I need to go and experience that. And yeah. I can't wait for the Star Wars area to open up. Uh, I can't wait either. I really can't. Yeah, um, we're, my wife and I are planning a trip to Florida for it. I can't I, wait. I, I think I think Ken's doing the same thing. Uh, who, mm. He's our other co-host on Wookie Radio. And oh, okay. So Wookie. Like, uh-huh. Yes. Uh, we were absolutely surprised that name was available. I was like, 
It is? We're taking it. <laughs> I'd be surprised as well. Wow. Mm. So, yeah, we got lucky. Nice. And Sometimes you get lucky. It's a great catchy <laughs> name. Now, what when you're not working or acting, what type of stuff do you geek out, geek out about? As I get tongue-tied. Movies. Like I am, I'm so upset that I'm really behind on watching, on going and watching um, Jurassic World, and I, excited to go see Ant Man, the new Ant Man. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember. There's, I know there's like two other movies that I need to go and hopefully see. That hopefully they're still in the movie theaters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've I've got a long list of things that I watch on TV as well and Netflix and Luke Cage. I'm gonna have to you know catch up on binge watch on that. Yep, I just I, started you know, that. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just started Glow season two. Oh yeah, I've. It's funny enough. I just <laughs> I did. I see the first season. I think I only saw a few episodes of the first season. I just have other shows that I just like a lot more. And um, a lot of them. So it's like <laughs> I know how you feel. <laughs> I'm I'm so, still I'm still behind on a few shows. Yeah, that may, that you know, being now that things have slowed down or pretty much on hiatus as far as new episodes going up for the summer. And once I catch up with everything, if there's nothing to watch, then I'll probably go into that. Mm. Thinking back to Clerks real quick, and I know I've seen a lot of Clerks merchandise off and on. Mm -hmm. Has there been a Veronica figure? No. (laughs) Sadly, no. I don't. That's a shame. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I don't know that there was, if the reason being is that there probably or don't think that there would be enough of a um, uh, want of it. And that's for lack of a better word. That's not the word I want to use, but, you know, Mm. that it it really probably wouldn't sell. I don't know. Um, I mean, I've had enough people ask me about it, but. It's, you know, it's about the numbers. And uh, I, I do know, Brian did tell me that when they were doing the cartoon series, he did see an animation of Veronica. So who knows, had the cartoon series taken off and there'd been uh, more than season one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying yeah. to re- I'm trying to remember, because I, I own the, the cartoon series as well. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember which version of Clerk, if I have Clerks or, or Clerks 10th anniversary. Oh. Um, I don't remember without getting but, up and but, Yeah, but, but but she didn't make it into the first, you know, the, the, any of the six episodes that they aired. Right. The But they did release the entire series. Yes. DVD. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember yeah. if she appeared in the no. the non-aired. No. Uh-uh. Um, because I didn't voice any. Okay. They, I, they would have, I, I would hope, that they would have had me <laughs> voice <Yeah>. the <laughs> Yeah, I would hope, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, you would hope so, huh? Yeah. You would think. Um, but, yeah, no, I didn't voice any, and... Um, and and again, Brian would know this as well. Um, he, he he did say though that when he saw all the characters in animation form, he did see one for Veronica, for, and I, I believe maybe Caitlin as well. Um, but you know, it never made it that far. Uh, you, you brought up you brought up Marvel. Uh, are you into comics at all? Reading or no? 
I never, never really got into it. And I, you know, I was a shelter child, so <laughs> I, it's not something that I think was ever really brought to me. And I don't know, who knows, maybe it's something, I don't know whether it's something that I would have gotten into or not, but I definitely into the movies and, and all that. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm a geek and a nerd to some degree, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not one of those people that can just shoot off all this stuff and, and know how everything all goes together. And, and you know, I, I, I know enough no. to know enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> now, having worked with Kevin, have you kept up with like any, any of his TV shows or any of the other movies? I mean, do you consider yourself a, a, a fan? Still? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, I do not have cable, though. Um, so what I watch is via Netflix and Hulu. Um, so I was never really able to watch Comic Book Men. Um, although there is a way for me to watch some things on um, online. Um, not not illegally, I will say that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> but, um, and, and then, I'll, you know, so like with Game of Thrones or, you know, Walking Dead and stuff like that. I, I go to a friend's house sometimes and am able to watch it there because I've got plenty of friends who are fans of all that stuff as well. But um, but yeah, it, most of most of what I view is is via Netflix and Hulu. And I have the Roku stick, so I can actually see the CW stuff as well on there. So the Flash and Supergirl. Oh, nice. um, yeah, uh, the app. You don't have to have cable or have to right. pay for it to yeah. be able to watch the CW. <laughs> Thank you, CW. <laughs> that is. The one thing that's keeping me from totally cutting cables, trying to figure out how can I watch shows that I've been watching currently mm -hmm. without having to own cable to yeah. get the current stuff and not wait six to eight months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to cut the cable a long time ago. I just couldn't afford it. Um, I mean, it's just insanely expensive. It is. Just for having Internet alone here, it's $75 a month. Just, just Internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, the, you know, the Spectrum calls me and it's like, you know, try to offer me deals. And it's like, well, how about if you spend less? It's like, well, if spending less means I actually have to get the phone and cable, I'm not spending less because I'll be using one item that I definitely won't use because I will not use a landline. And... Uh, <laughs> The cable, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, it's it just, you know, it just, it's just too much. You know? Yeah, it's funny how they do that. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know here, if we were to cut everything but internet, because um, we're still on the Bright House. Uh, okay. Plans were grandfathered under that uh, since Spectrum bought Bright House. Uh -huh. It would be 65 a month for the 100 megabit. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it is. That I, I remember the days of, of dial-up. <laughs> I was paying 20 bucks a month. Yeah, but we wouldn't be able to have this conversation on dial-up. <laughs> this is true, too. <laughs> that wouldn't work too well. Yeah. <laughs> this is true, too. So um, where can people find you on the Internet? So I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitter, it would be that clerk's girl, but Instagram and Facebook, uh, Marilyn Gigliotti. And um, on Facebook, it's actually Marilyn Gigliotti fan page because 
I really, it's like I'm, I'm basically almost to the 5,000 on my regular one. And I've been toying with the idea of just combining the two so that there's just one to deal with instead of two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I'm kind of leaving those few openings left for people that I meet that are in the industry. And I really need to kind of have them on the, on the regular timeline versus the fan page kind of a thing. Totally understand. Mm -hmm. I'm seriously considering going through and thinning out my friends because I've got a bunch of people who, listeners of the show, fans of of the podcast, I'm like, go go do the shows. I kind of, I'm getting to that point. I want to keep my personal life totally separate. Right, right. So. That's the thing, though, because a lot of people do ask me, it's like, well, why don't you leave the timeline just for your for your family. And it's like, well, they're all intermingled in there, friends, family, and fans. It's like for me yeah. to separate the two at this point, it's just too difficult. Um, but I had something that I was going to say and totally just see it's contagious. Left my brain. <laughs> on, on, on this show, it's contagious. <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> if we're not if we're not scattered brain, we go off on the biggest tangents in the world. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I try to on a regular basis to go through my friends list and I start looking for no pictures and then I'll put the cursor over it to see if anything happens. Because if nothing happens, it means it's a deactivated account. And mm-hmm. so then I unfriend, unfollow, unfriend it. Um, so that this way it opens things up because, right. you know, they could be temporarily deactivated, but I don't know that. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just taking up space because it doesn't delete them from your friends list. Mm. Now, Twitter, I'm open to anyone. <laughs> I, right. It's just it kills my timeline, though, trying to catch up <laughs> on news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think I'm slowly wanting to do a separation mm-hmm. and direct people, other podcasters, oh, go check out my show, you know, the different podcast pages. Right. Because I, I communicate there. Uh, personal, I want to gradually just tone down. Uh-huh. And, and to those of you who are on my friends list now, it's nothing personal. It's, <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, I'm even now. I, oh, that I, means I, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of opened myself up to 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 um, insanity, I guess is the best way to say it, on Instagram. Because I have my uh-huh. acting fan uh, fan page. I have my photography on there. I have my hair and makeup on there. And then I've got the salon that I work at. I try to keep a page for that. And then now with the filmmakers group. <laughs> so <laughs> That's five alone. I wish. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I wish Instagram would do like Twitter and allow you to run multiple accounts off one Instagram page. Oh, well, well, I can't like I can easily switch from one to the other. So that isn't too bad. It's like, you know, at the top where it has my name, there's an arrow. And so basically I can switch from one account to another account. But it's still it's just different accounts that, you know, I got to do in it. And unfortunately, I did have to kind of keep them separate. It's like I only just recently started, uh, I would say in the last year, the hair and makeup one, as well as the photography, because I realized that it's like I can't have them on my acting page. My acting page has to be my acting page. Mm. Okay. See, now you got me looking. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can this actually happen? Yeah, because if you go to the the drop down, it'll say add account. So if you have any other Instagram accounts, you can have, you can add it onto that one so that you don't have to log out completely to log back in to the other. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. There it is. Uh-huh. Ah, so you learned something. There may be a Mighty Marvel Geeks and Wookiee Radio account coming soon. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I learned something new. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could help. <laughs> oh, I, I've been because I, I know with with Twitter, it's got the same thing where it, you could you could bounce between accounts. Okay. With, um, with, with, with Twitter, uh, where is it? In the upper upper left corner on your uh-huh. Twitter on your phone, uh-huh. you, you have your your profile image. Uh huh. If you click on it, um, it, it'll give you your information. Oh, how did I set this up? Right. Oh. And it says, and where no lists is different. Oh, I see. Create new account and Correct. add an existing account. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you can do the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I probably won't do that with Twitter because I have a hard time keeping up with Twitter as it is. Um, yes. Twitter is the one that I le- do the least. Mm. And usually, if I add anything to Twitter, it's where I share it from my Instagram okay. and, or, or oh, from my yeah. page. Now, I have our show pages on Facebook set. If it posts to Facebook, it'll post automatically to Twitter. Right. But I, but I don't do the reverse because I, I don't want yeah. – because if I'm carrying – Triples. Well, and if, I, if I'm carrying on a conversation that – like what we talked um, – when I was trying to get listener questions, and shame on you listeners for not getting us questions – um, <laughs> yeah, and of course, the conversation with, with, with Tracy and, and everyone else, I don't I don't want that flooding the, the Facebook page. Right, right, right. So I, I don't want to say it's mindless conversation, uh, but you know, it's hard to keep track of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's easier to go from Facebook to Twitter. <laughs> And keep track of it that way. Uh, yeah, of course, I, you know, when we post, like when we post this episode <laughs> to the website, it automatically generates a, a post to Twitter as well. Right. So yeah, I have from my fan page to Twitter. I used to have it where from Twitter it would go to my Facebook, but then I would wind up with triple posts on Facebook yeah. because they would kind of like go back and forth. And I was like, all right, I'm annoyed with this. I can't imagine how the fans are, you know, <laughs> with seeing the triple posts. So yeah, I kind of stopped it in one direction. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm slowly. And I think it was until you, you said we could create and you, know, you can bounce accounts the same way on Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, Twitter is where I was spending a lot of the focus. I'm like, even though I got people going, you really need to be doing more on Instagram. Well, now that I know I can, I'm <laughs> try and do more on, on Instagram. Yeah. The only thing I wish Instagram did was if they had where you can put a link in the description area. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you can't. It's like, yes, you can put it on there, but it's not going to link up, and you can't just copy and paste it. It If you want anybody to go anywhere, you got to put that in your bio so that they can then use the link to go to where you want to send them. Mm. Okay. That tells me I'm I screwed up on on the post I did earlier. Oh, <laughs> yeah, big O. I mean, you know, if they if well, if they're on there, if they all they have is their cell phone, yeah, they won't be able to not you know they can't put it yeah. in their browser or anything. Like that. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see what you're talking about. The the links there, but it, it didn't create a direct right. link. Exactly. Yeah, it's that mm-hmm. that stinks. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's what they need to fix. Yep. Well, I guess I'll have to be dropping that link into my bio when I create the Mighty Marvel Geeks because it's been <laughs> there you go. it's been nominated for for podcast award in two categories. 
Congratulations. Well, thank you. So, so I want to get people out there to vote because they're doing listener nominations now. Well. So, well, we're not going to take up too much more of your time. Thank you for coming on and, and hanging out with us. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the help as far as like getting the word out on my latest projects. And, and yeah. Well, well, before we go, why don't you Definitely. plug that Indiegogo one more time? Okay. So um, everybody go to Indiegogo.com. Search for A Theory of Letters and please donate. Um, and it'll give you information about all of us, a small little bio, links to our IMDb's, our Instagrams, and a little about uh, what the film's all about, all the films and the series is about, basically. Um, and, and the reason the kind where we have a theory of letters is kind of handwriting and, and all that. It's kind of becoming a kind of an obsolete thing. Yeah. So that's I, for sure. <laughs> I can't. I could. My wife and I couldn't believe the rumors we were hearing that my daughter might not learn cursive. Yeah. No. I, it's. I don't think it's a might. I don't think it's. I. I don't think it's going to happen at all. Yeah. Well, she's. Yeah. She's been wanting to learn it. Oh. Uh-huh. So. So she's been learning on her own and. As an eight-year-old, she was she was doing some last year. It's like, well, you got you still got a lot of work, but you're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also too, you said check you guys out, check find you at San Diego Comic Con at Room Six A or Hall. Yes, Room Six A Thursday night 6A. for shooting clerks. For shooting clerks, um, there's going to be myself. Ming Chen's going to be there from Comic Book Men. Former guest and of. Then- Former guest of the show. Yes. Um, and then uh, the guys from the UK, who Christopher Downey, who wrote and directed Shooting Clerks, as well as Ryan James, who's basically he kind of came on as second producer and second unit um, for the U.S. stuff that was filmed. Um, and a few other people. So it's going to be about seven of us total for the panel. Thursday evening, 645 to 745, room 6A. And then Friday morning, we'll be up in the sales pavilion doing a meet and greet and signing autographs um, from 10 to 12. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh, our pleasure. Yes. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to wrap it up for us. Go follow Marilyn online. If you're at San Diego Comic-Con, get to, to room 6A on Thursday at 645. Mm-hmm. Be there for, for the shooting clerks. Say hi to Marilyn. Say hi to Ming. Say we be geeks sent you. I'm sure <laughs> they'll love it. Um, yes. <laughs> until next time. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.